Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Beat on this beautiful Thursday morning. Hope you're having a good morning so far. I know it's early, uh, 6 o'clock here on the West Coast, 9 o'clock if you're joining us on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pour yourself some coffee. We have a great show for you today. And it's Therapy Thursdays. And we're talking about uh, your mood and how it can actually be contagious to others or their mood can be contagious to you. Oh, my God. It's so true, though. Mm -hmm. You know when you've been around somebody and they're the worst in the worst mood and you're like, girl, I don't know what the vibe is, but it's off and I got to go. Vibes are so Mm -hmm. real. That's why I don't talk to anybody. That's right. That's right. But on the flip side, though, have you ever been around that person that you're like, gosh, every time I'm around them, I just feel happier. Yeah, I love it. What's going on with that Mm -hmm. person? Uh, there's some science to back this up when we actually have a psychologist joining us for Therapy Thursdays to talk about exactly that. Um, also, lots going on in the world of entertainment. Army Hammer. Gosh, I interviewed the guy just a few years ago at the Golden Globes uh, when he was up for Call Me By Your Name with Timothy Chalamet, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous film. And there was a sequel planned. Army Hammer, though, has gotten into some trouble since then oh my god it's been crazy he weird, really did weird weird allegations of, of sexual assault and abuse by multiple women there's now a documentary coming out that you're going to be telling us about that actually has audio from army that is pretty pretty damning i hear uh we're talking about that today we're also talking about monkeypox activism uh what does it mean what do we need to know to stay safe our community is being hit by this severely uh, and we want to keep you informed as always uh, but we have a lot going on today, lots to cover. How are you today? It's a Thursday. How are you feeling? We are feeling ready for the weekend, baby. Thursdays are always a good day. It's like one step to the weekend. It's not Tuesday, so we love a Thursday. We do. Thursdays. They're not Tuesdays. Thursdays. They're not Tuesdays. If you were doing PR for Thursdays, that would be the tagline. That's what I'd say. It's just it's like Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's Christmas Eve. Thursday Perfect. Eve. Perfect. How far are we from Christmas right now? August, uh, September, oh, October, close. Four months. Just over four months. That's wild. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's time for some news on the beat. What do you have for us? All right. Well, there's a lot going on as usual. A series of moves by Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin of Virginia is bringing his policy of parental rights for the Commonwealth closer to reality. Youngkin came out on Tuesday with his most explicit endorsement of a policy transgender rights supporters in Virginia have long feared, informing parents of their kids' sexual orientation and gender identity without the student's express permission. With regards to informing parents with most important decisions about their children, Youngkin told WJLA News, I think everybody knows where I stand. Parents matter. 
parents should be at the forefront of all these discussions. And I firmly believe that teachers and schools have an obligation to make sure that parents are well informed about what's happening in their kids' lives. All right, another news, a married same-sex couple in Louisiana was allegedly told their newly adopted daughter could not attend kindergarten at a religious school because of their lifestyle choices. Emily and Jenny Parker said they learned on Saturday they needed to find a new school for their five-year-old daughter, Zoe, because their marriage didn't adhere to the teachings at the Bible Baptist Academy in De Quincey. The school also said in a statement, there are times where our commitment to upholding our Christian values will not line up with the values of other people. This should not be interpreted that we have any hatred or malice toward them. All right, let's get into weather. It's going to be a high of 88 in New York, 90 in LA, 99 in Vegas, 109 in Palm Springs, 90 in Houston, 88 in Miami, 84 in Atlanta, 76 in Cleveland, 109 in La Quinta, and 80 in Boston. Now give us a vibe of the day. First, I do want to let our listeners know that there is a breaking news coming out of uh, Mar-a-Lago that apparently there was uh, an informant. Somebody tipped off the FBI on Donald Trump. And the Lincoln Project, which is the group of Republicans against Trump that ran those really ridiculously like effective ads during the last uh, presidential cycle, are already uh, making some assumptions that it might have been Jared Kushner, Ivana's husband. Wow. They tipped him off. They've been really trying to distance themselves from the Trumps. Really interesting speculation there. I can't wait to see how this plays out. It's like a movie, but better. Yeah, it's so much better. Also, but her emails. Hillary's got to be loving this. She's got to just be just sitting at home, just watching this with a, with a bowl of popcorn. Absolutely. And a spin drift, perhaps. Maybe a white claw. Who knows? Mm. I don't know what she's into. I'd prefer having a white claw. Here's a vibe for you. The direction of the mind is more important than its progress. Love Put your it. mind in a good spot. And we're talking about that today in Therapy Thursdays, actually. Um, also, we have something really cool going on right now. We're giving away two tickets to see Ben Platt during his largest North American tour to date. You and a friend could be flying round trip we're going to cover your airfare give you a two-night hotel stay a 200 dollars gift card and two vip tickets to go see ben platt in orlando florida october 6th orlando is fantastic you're going to love it uh head over to wearechannelq.com good luck amen the morning beat with aj and michaela channel q you know, we talk about technology a lot these days, probably because it's advancing so quickly, right? We're in this technological boom where things are so different than they were just a, a generation before us. Exactly. Right? For my generation, I was I was that weird one. I, they call them Xennials now. We were born between 1977 and 83. And I remember rotary phones. I remember when the first wireless like home phones came out. Yes. I remember when the internet was created. And we started using it for the first time in school. Um, I never had a cell phone growing up until I was in my 20s or even later, I think, um, like late 20s. So I, I adjusted to technology. But the interesting conversation to me is what sort of things do you still do or prefer that that are considered now old fashioned uh, that there are technological alternatives for that you just prefer to do it the old way? I still write a hand letter hand letters handwritten letters and thank you notes <laughs> not hand letters hand letters and thank you notes oh, and I'll send that. them in the mail yeah. it's my favorite thing I will always do it I think it's so much more impactful um, and I have a right next to me I have my planner that I write out it's very old school I never use my phone because I just like the act of like I love to write mm-hmm. I love 
just the pen and the new notebook and stationery. I love that kind of stuff, and I feel like it's become a thing of it's just more thoughtful. I think it is too. I think it's more personal. We actually just got our thank you notes in the mail yesterday that we have to fill out this weekend for uh, wedding gifts and things like that. So I, I'm going to be handwriting all of those because. My husband writes like a three-year-old, so that's not happening. Um, I'm with you, though, and I'm with you also. The calendar thing is interesting because so my husband and I share uh, like a Google calendar on our phone, so we always know what the other has going on and what we have going on together. Yeah. Right? But then on top of that, though, old school, we have a dry erase board at home that has a, a like a two-month calendar on it, and we write, fill in every single thing, every appointment we have coming up so that we can also physically see it, which I like. I love that. I also like to physically uh, see photos and hold photos in my hands. Like, it's cool that we can access them on our phones all the time, but I like to, from time to time, print out, and I'm actually getting ready to do this again, print out some of my photos and swap them out because I have frames all over my living room where I have photos everywhere. Yeah. And I, I actually like physically being able to hold a photo, much like I like physically being able to turn the pages of a book when I read it. Yeah. I don't do that e-reader stuff. Yeah, I'm no, not into it. I feel that deeply. I also think it's going to be a thing of the past in some ways, but just like grocery shopping. You can do so much online mm-hmm. now. You can order all your groceries. You can do everything, and it just comes to your front door. But I, yesterday was like my uh, responsible day. We cleaned the whole house. I cleaned out my closet. You're, you're responsible one day of the week? Is that what it is? Just well, you know how one day a week you like clean the house, do your laundry, you like do all the things you hate doing. Yeah, yeah. And I try to do it on Saturday or Sunday so it doesn't like wreck my week, but I just, I had to yesterday. And I was at the grocery store and I was like getting all the things, whatever, getting whatever we needed. And I came home and I was like, oh my God, it, it's real though. Like, We've had to order groceries the past couple of weeks just because we've been busy. And the idea of like going to the grocery store now, dropping things off at Goodwill, like just doing things that were so normal for me growing up are like ways that you can just now have it delivered with all these delivery systems. I am old fashioned in that way. I don't like like Instacart or Yummy. We use them. And it's like a million dollars. It's a million dollars. There's so many fees attached to it and you tip, of course we tip everybody now in America. And and so that one I'm I'm the opposite because I get so mad. I'm like, oh, these are the best bananas you could find? These brown dead bananas? Like they don't, because they don't take the care. Like I like to like I like to hold my Honeycrisp apples and figure out which ones, which which four or three I want to buy, depending on how much money I have in my account that week because they're so expensive but delicious. Um, but, like, I like to actually feel the produce and see what I'm buying. And also, it is way more expensive to do it that way. So I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. Yeah. Um, did you ever do this? This is kind of fun, actually. I'm not going to say I prefer this old-fashioned way, but it, it, it is nostalgic for me. Making popcorn in a pan. Do you ever make popcorn in a pan? Oh, yeah, yeah, With the yeah. actual kernels. You used to just buy the kernels. We didn't used to buy bags of them and throw them in the microwave. And shake it over the stove. A little bit of oil and shake it over the stove uh-huh. until it was ready. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, my parents had like an actual popcorn machine that it like heated it up inside of there. You put them in there and it all it did make is make popcorn. 
And then it had like this neck that kind of stuck out over a bowl and it would shoot the popcorn into a bowl. It was like yellow or Love. orange. Like everything was kind of oh, yellow and yeah, orange in the 1980s, I know. right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Listen, there's still a lot to say for doing things in an old school way. Yes. And I love it because I also feel like it's the thing that grounds you. I got my car washed yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I guess the old school way would just be to wash your own car. But I like went to the car wash. They washed it. I sat and watched it as it was happening. And I was like, it just felt nice to be outside. Smell the smells. See, I like to wash the car. I like to do the washing. Yeah. Ugh. Well, in LA, it's very difficult. I don't have yeah. a house with a hose to make this convenient for myself. <laughs> I've got to like go down. It's a whole thing. But I love it. If there's ways to implement old school ways of thinking, I think it's nice. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not bad to be a little nostalgic every now and then, even if yeah. we have the technology to do it another way. Totally. All right. Talking about old school, honey. Melissa and Joe Gorga are laughing off cheating rumors, saying they're old school. That's not what we do. Find out why Teresa Judice is in the middle of it. Coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. It's about damn time for Teresa Judice or Judice or whatever her name is mm-hmm. to leave her sister-in-law alone. Oh, my God. It's like a broken record at I this point. I love Melissa Gorga. She's been on Real Housewives mm-hmm. of New Jersey for years. Teresa still is mad about that. She doesn't like sharing the spotlights, and now there's even more of a feud going on. What's what's popping? Okay, so we talked about this earlier. Melissa and Joe Gorga did not go to Teresa Giudice's wedding over the weekend because Teresa Giudice is, again, responsible for starting a rumor. This time that Melissa Gorga hooked up with Nick Barada, who is uh, an actor. Uh, you've seen him, I believe, in Tyler Perry's... Uh, some of Tyler Perry's films. Yes, he's he's really, really um, hot. He's super, super hot. Uh-huh. He's also been on the show quite a few times. Uh, but rumors were went out that Nick and Melissa hooked up. And Melissa and Joe were fed up. And so they didn't go to the wedding. And I understand. If, you know, if my sister-in-law attacked mine and Lisa's relationship. Done. Once. Done. It's done. But this is years of attacks. Listen, sometimes like you got to do what's best for the family and you got to do what's best for you as well. And you know this, my own sister didn't come to my wedding. I didn't invite her. Yeah. Because of the way she was acting and things she was saying about my sexuality and whatever else. And that was a tough decision to make and I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision for Joe to not support his his sister either since both their parents have passed away in recent years and besides her four daughters, she didn't have a single family member there. But that's also, that's telling to me. Nobody in your family, you don't have a relationship with anybody else in your family. Nobody came. None of your uh, uh, cousins, none of your, like, just, like no relatives. Mm-mm. That tells me a lot about where Teresa is, you know, her relationship-wise right now. Um, this is a bummer, though. I Apparently, though, here's the tea. Apparently, they're trying to blame Margaret Josephs now and saying that she's I the one. I saw but that. But Jennifer Aiden is actually the one who brought it to the group, and it came up during the finale episode that has already been filmed of Real Housewives of New Jersey. They, of course, did it not, already air? No, it hasn't even started yet. The new season hasn't even started. They filmed mm. the entire season. They have not done the reunion yet. They'll film that about halfway through the season. They usually let the girls watch half of the season so they can all get mad at each other and hear what each other said during confessionals. Naturally. So it makes the reunion more exciting. But yeah, the finale apparently has been shot. I I know that Teresa has a wedding special, but I bet it's also part of the finale. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, look, I think that no matter what, even if Joe and Melissa 
there was some sort of marital affair happening. Mm-hmm. It, culturally, you're never going to talk about it. You don't talk about it. You just would would keep it quiet and keep it moving. So why does Teresa talk about everything then? Because she, Teresa is the most jealous, hateful woman I've ever met really on reality awful. television. And she has a whole girl squad of beautiful, beautiful daughters. She, she has everything that you who, can imagine. Who are a little bit brainwashed. And I understand it's their mother, but Gia is the oldest one. And she totally was defending her though. mom last year against Joe and Melissa about some stuff. That well, was very, but like, also again culturally, you always defend your mom whether or not she's wrong. Like you defend you defend your parents. Yeah, that used to get me in trouble growing up. Uh, I think a lot of people because if your mom's wrong, your mom's wrong, mm-hmm. and her mom is wrong. Yeah. Uh, but we'll continue keeping you updated. I'm happy that Joe and Melissa took a stand, though. We're very passionate um, about this. Yeah, we are. <laughs> it's like we know them. All right, coming up at Therapy Thursdays, uh, are good and bad moods contagious? We've got a therapist joining us to talk about it in the next hour. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. We have a fantastic hour coming up for you. It's Therapy Thursdays this hour. In about 13 minutes, we're talking about the impact that your mood can have on others and the impact other moods can have on you. Mm-hmm. If you ever walked into a room and all of a sudden felt lighter because somebody was just, just full of like positivity, um, it goes both ways. And our mood is so easily influenced by those around us. How do you how do you mitigate that as much as possible and try yeah. to stay in like a positive space? Um, we've got a therapist joining us uh, to have exactly that conversation. Uh, she's a spiritual life coach and author of True to Myself, Peace, Love, Marnie. I love that name, Marnie. Okay. We used to have a girl who used to work here named Marnie. No girl named Marnie. She left. She's working elsewhere now. Yes, she is. She just posted something about her new view from her new office. Aww. I know. It was so cute. The sun was coming in so nice. I do miss Marnie. Uh, A similar (laughs) name to Marnie, but very, very different is Army. Oh. Uh, That's Army Hammer, actually. Mm, And once A-list celebrity, 35 years old, had the entire world at his fingertips. And then sort of really, really damning allegations started coming out about him and his sexual proclivities with his former wife and other 
women he's dated over the years. And uh, it goes deep, so deep. There's actually a, a, a documentary film coming out called House of Hammer. Yeah. We've got some of Crazy. the audio that's pretty, pretty wild. And Michaela's going to break all of that down for you in what's popping later on this hour. So stick around for that. Mm, right I'm now, though, know. she's going to uh, do her best news lady impersonation. What have you got? All right. Well, uh, Twitter and Facebook are victimizing LGBTQ communities with digital hate. The Center for Countering Digital Hate and Human Rights campaign released a new report Wednesday that finds both platforms are failing to enforce community standards following Florida's Don't Say Gay law. As a result of Florida's discriminatory law passing, extremist politicians and their allies launched an unprecedented and dangerous anti-LGBTQ misinformation campaign. There has been an increase in discriminatory and inflammatory grooming content on social media, according to the report. Increasingly, digital media is being used to spread dangerous rumors about LGBTQ plus people saying digital hate social media's role in amplifying dangerous lies about LGBTQ people. For example, a 406, a 406% increase was observed in tweets about LGBTQ plus people using slurs like groomer and pedophile after the passage of Florida legislation. As a result, online homophobia and transphobia exploded, which social media platforms failed to curb, but rather exploited. All right, in other news, uh, a married same-sex couple in Louisiana was allegedly told their newly adopted daughter could not attend kindergarten at a religious school because of their lifestyle choices. Emily and Jenny Parker said they learned on Saturday they needed to find a new school for their five-year-old daughter, Zoe, because their marriage did not adhere to the teachings at the Bible Baptist Academy in De Quincey. The school also said in the statement, there are times when our commitment to upholding our Christian values will not line up with the values of other people. It should not be interpreted that we have any hatred or malice toward them. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 80 in Boston, 96 in Dallas, 109 in La Quinta, 76 in Cleveland, 78 in Buffalo, 72 in San Francisco, 89 in Miami, 109 in Palm Springs, 91 in LA, and 88 in New York. Now give us a vibe of the day. The direction of the mind is more important than its progress. Stay positive and things will turn around. Things could turn around very quickly for one lucky listener. If you head over to wearechannelq.com, you could win tickets to see Ben Platt in concert during his largest North American tour yet. It's taking place October 6th in Orlando, Florida. How are you going to get there? Well, we've got you covered. Round-trip airfare for two, a two-night hotel stay, a $200 gift card, and two VIP tickets. Too good to be true? Not so. You could win and bring one of your loved ones with you or, or a complete rando. I don't care. Whatever bring you want to do. Bring a rando. Bring a hookup. Whatever it is. A friend from Grinder. Exactly. Do, do what works for you. Um, and head over to wearechannelq.com right now for your chance to win. Good luck. Good luck. All right, coming up, it's Therapy Thursdays. Are good and bad moods contagious? We've got a spiritual life coach joining us to talk about it in seven minutes. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Our mood is a really interesting thing, right? If you really think about it, moods change so quickly for reasons we never usually understand, mm-hmm. right? But every now and then, uh, maybe you walk into a room and somebody's very positive and it just ups, uplifts you. We love it. Or on the flip side, you're around somebody who's very, very negative and it brings you down quickly. Uh, so are moods contagious? Speaking from, to a professional 
that's the question I would have. Well, your luck because we actually have a professional on the line right now. We're joined now by Marnie Goldman, who's a spiritual life coach and author of True to Myself, Peace, Love, Marnie. Marnie, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're really curious about this, though. What what do we know about uh, how contagious moods actually are? Oh, so contagious. I sometimes use the analogy, if you were to take a piece of fruit and put it next to a rotten fruit, mm. the other, the healthy fruit is going to become rotten by being next to the other fruit. And you know those people that are energy suckers. The minute you walk in the room, your body like deflates like a balloon. Mm. And on the flip side, you walk into somewhere or someone and they're like, oh my God, I love your energy. I'm, I needed to see you today. So it is very contagious. Very. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's really important and I totally agree with you. But what happens when someone who tries to be positive is just having an off day? You know, you're bringing the room down. You don't want to do it, but you can't help it. How do you turn those vibes around for not only yourself, but the people in the room because it's so contagious? You know, sometimes um, I communicate, and it sounds crazy, but I will say I am not having the greatest day. If I'm a little off, I apologize. Now, with the person, is it an everyday thing where there's the Debbie Downers, the every time you say it's nice and they're wop-wop? But sometimes I just say, well, I'm having an off day. I'm not myself. Please forgive me if I'm a little snarky. But I communicate the best I can. Um, or if somebody else, on the other hand, is listening to me, I would want them to say, you know, what's up? You know, something's not right with you right now. But if it's an everyday occurrence, do your best to stay away and not engage. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because uh, if somebody's coughing, for instance, we we instinctively know, okay, okay, I'm going to go the other direction, right? especially nowadays. Like, we don't want to catch whatever it is they have. Right. But why is it, do you think, that we, we view something like mood to be a little bit different because from what I've experienced in my life, mood swings and a negative turn in my mood is oftentimes far worse than me catching a cold or something else. So why do we not view them the same? Because people, I think the whole stigma, taboo of anything that has to do with our mental health and our mind is not discussed. Mm. I try to put a silver lining on everything where I don't, you know, I, I don't engage. If I know somebody is in that kind of mood, I'm not going to try and have a conversation, for example, knowing they're not, um, because then I will start to get frustrated. Yeah. You know, when someone's talking and they're looking down, you know, like with my daughter, she's 22. I can't, she can't help it. She's constantly on her phone and I have conversations with the top of her head. And <laughs> I'm used to it now. You know, it's like... I I I don't even know her face, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So instead of getting aggravated, I know I'm going to talk to the top of her head and not her face. That's so funny. Yeah, I guess it's just like expectations and understanding, uh, you know, what you're getting. Okay, so I love that moods are contagious. And I, I actually even loved AJ saying that like, You know, it's like a cold, like it's there, it's happening. So what are some tips that you can do in a social setting to uh, keep the vibrations high? I definitely, you know how you walk in a room or anywhere, you could feel in one second, like that energy. 
So if there's a group of people and misery loves company, the complainers, the Debbie Downers, walk away. Do not just do the best you can. And if someone starts to engage, not, you know, you don't have to be rude. They're they're your boundaries. So if you know someone's going to bring you down, say, excuse me, I have to use the ladies room, the men's room. You know, I have to take this call. You, You know, it's not lying, but you're protecting your peace. And that's the most important thing. It's really interesting to me. I'm kind of curious to know, like, the actual psychology of this, like how a person's mood can go from good to bad and how it can impact others. So, like, for instance, I tend to consider myself a pretty positive person, but when I get in a salty mood, I spiral and I bring Mm -hmm. everybody down and I'm I'm aware of it and I understand Mm it. Um, How do I kind of like stop myself from going there if all of a sudden out Mm -hmm. of the blue I feel like I'm in a cranky mood one day? Yeah, because literally that was me yesterday. It was such a B-A-T-C-H. Absolutely. That was me yesterday as well. Is there something going on with the stars? I People can feel my energy. I think so. People can feel it. And when I spiral, like you said, I spiral down. So what I do is I always tell my family, one, um, I tell them I'm not in a great mood. This has nothing to do with you because they'll take it personally. Mm -hmm. They answer me and I'm like, what? And she'll say, don't yell at me. I'll say, I'm not yelling at you. And then an argument erupts and we don't even know why. (laughs) So I communicate, right? And all of a sudden everyone's screaming and it's, So I have learned to say when I get in that downward, I actually say I'm taking a time out. It is not you guys. I am not in a great mood right now. Do not take it personally. I need my space. I take a walk. I go outside. I dance it out. I put on music, whatever I have to do to make myself feel better after I leave. But the communication to let them know it's not them because everyone takes things personally. Mm. So once I started saying I'm taking my time out, it's not you guys. I see how passionate I get saying it. That's like the emphaticness in my voice. So they don't react because it's normal to, you know, people hear one tone and you react. So when normally when we're frustrated, people are going to react frustrated. So once I communicated, I think that really turned everything around. in my that family. Is, that is really great advice. I, I will say my husband is really great at doing that. And he'll be like, it has nothing to do with you. I'm in a bad mood right. right now. But then I spiral and I'm like filling in the blanks. I'm like, oh my God, why is he in a bad mood? What did I do? Is he really upset with me? Mm-hmm. When 99% of the time has nothing to do with me. Yes. It has never anything to do with us, but because of my childhood issues and my trauma and abandonment. <laughs> what, are I those? Start to think the worst. Get, what are those? What are those, Marnie? Yeah. Get over Get it. Get out of our heads. Yeah, right. I, I know. <laughs> it's like, I always think, oh, I didn't hear back from the agency. I hope I didn't over talk. I hope I didn't over send my videos and it's like Stop. Stop overthinking it. Live in this moment. Girl, you know, listen so, to me. Know. And this could be another conversation. I was cleaning out my closet yesterday, and I don't know why it put me in the most depressed mood. I was looking at clothes <laughs> that I used to wear, and then all these memories started flooding, and I was like, wow, cleaning out your closet is so depressing, and I didn't even know it was a thing. There are so many things that we can be triggered by. Marnie, thank you so much for joining us and teaching us how to flip that frown upside down, honey. I love it. You guys have the best energy. So your moods has affected mine. So thank you. Thank you. We got her fooled. We got her fooled. Let's go back to Brad. Bye, guys. Bye. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. So going to a bar can be tricky to navigate sometimes. I was a bartender for many, many years. Um, But uh, we're learning more and more about you know, bartenders, I know a very, very popular gay bar here in Los Angeles has been under fire recently uh, for claims that the bartenders were, were drugging uh, drinks 
of some of the women who come there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what what do you do if you're in a situation? It, while bartenders are now revealing secret drink order that serves as an SOS and, and how ordering what they call an angel shot warns staff that you're feeling unsafe and need help. I love that. Play it. So there's three ways you can order the angel shot. You can do the angel shot with lime. Okay, so angel shot with lime, when you order it means you need the police. Okay, so immediately the bartender will notify your manager and we'll get the police involved for you, okay? You can order an angel shot neat. Um, If you order the angel shot neat, that means um, you need someone to walk you to your car. So the bartender or security, someone needs you to walk you to your car because you don't feel safe, okay? Then you can order the angel shot on the rocks. And the angel shot on the rocks means you need us to call you an Uber or Lyft or a taxi. Um, So you need us to get you home safe, okay? Um, I think... This is a great learning lesson. Um, everyone should know about the angel shot. Um, it's just a great way to make sure that we all feel safe. Okay. All right. Love you guys. Oh, this is cute. I love this so much. They used to do this other thing where, uh, from moment, if you drew like an X on your hand and you showed it to the bartender, that showed that like you were feeling unsafe as well. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Who's who, people carrying around sharpies? How oh, are you drawing an X on your hand? Honey, when you're a woman... Or just like going like in this. In a club scene? No, you put it on the inside of your palm. Really? Oh, like with a, with, with a pen or something? Anything. Literally anything. And mm. you're like, hey, this is like my warning. I'm not feeling good. And then there, there's so many things. Mm. And, and hopefully people would know what they meant. But particularly for women, and like you said, at the Abbey, like I don't like to drag the Abbey, but... There have been so many people that have been drugged there, so many women that I know, cell phones that have been stolen, mm-hmm. men that have been drugged there. Like, it's dangerous. And I feel like uh, you want to know, because you were a bartender. Yeah. Like, you know what it feels like to be on the other side well, of that bar. It's interesting to be a bartender, though, is actually a big responsibility. Right. And I think a lot of times we just think like they're just like servers that serve drinks. And it's very, very diff- different because as a bartender in the state of California and many places across the country, if you overserve somebody, they get in a car accident and kill somebody on their way home, you're held liable. Yeah. Like, so you have, to, you have to make sure that you're getting mm. current identification from them. Their driver's license is not expired. You have to make sure that you're not overserving them or if they've been going to another bartender and then come to you you have to communicate with the other bartenders to see like who's getting cut off and who isn't it's a lot yeah it is not it's not just making margaritas and, and long island iced teas all night yeah but also as a male like, like if i saw you and i didn't know you and you were like my bartender and you're six five i would you would be the first person i came to and i'd be like I don't feel safe. I quickly t- will tell this story that the other night I went to uh, to see Laura Morano perform at, at the Troubadour. And <clears throat> we walk in and the bartender there starts screaming. She goes, oh my God, it's this girl that I met 11 years ago when I was a bartender. And she goes, AJ, she goes, I want to tell you, you saved my life. I'm not even kidding because I was going through a really bad situation with a man at the time. And I came into your bar and I met a friend there to kind of talk through it. And I was like a little bit down. And you picked up on my energy immediately and said, honey, what's going on? And you talked to me and you said, keep your chin up, doll. And then she pulls out a $2 bill that apparently, and I remember this now, I had a $2 bill on me. I always carry one for good luck and I give them to people. And I wrote, uh, keep your chin up, doll. AJ, I signed it and I gave it to her. She's carried it in her purse to this day, 11 years later. That's so She's like, sweet. you have no idea what that meant to me. So sweet. So like bartenders can be that for people. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, you just know that like we look at you to sort of protect. I do for sure. Yes. I constantly ask for help. And if I don't feel safe, I'm coming to you. And I'm a very nice guy, apparently. Yeah, you are, buddy. Sure. <laughs> look at the sex on my hand. What? Handle it. No. Good morning, B. Channel Q.
Want to know what's going on in pop culture? You're in luck. We've got you covered. It's time for What's Poppin'. All right, well, this story's a little dark. Uh, Army Hammer's alleged victims are coming forward in the House of Hammer trailer, and they have got the receipts to back up what they're saying he did, particularly through a voice memo left by Army Hammer. It's a little explicit and a bit triggering. We can't play the whole thing, but take a listen. My bet was going to involve showing up at your place and completely tying you up and incapacitating you and then being able to do whatever I wanted to every single hole in your body until I was done with you. Um, it's rough. I will say this because I'm clearly an advocate for women and victims. It's, uh, I believe them, totally. I also believe that Army Hammer has a very interesting kink because I've also known people that have this kind of interesting kink that I don't want to put judgment on, but there's a whole community for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what he's thinking. I'm I'm going to definitely be watching this. I know that he was photographed recently doing construction. I don't know if it was out of the country. Well, he was in like part of Ayarta or somewhere selling timeshares for a while too. Yeah. Maybe he that's a, what it was. He had a polo on and he was literally taking people on tours and selling timeshares. And then he went to rehab for six months, paid for by Robert Downey Jr. And I think he's staying oh. with Robert Downey Jr. now. I think wow. he's living with him. <clears throat> he's dead broke. Yeah. And his family is like, well, they're like oil, an oil family. The, the Hammers have been around forever. Did they just shut him down though? Is that sort of, did his family say like, because his sister's a big part of this documentary yeah, and he, she's calling him out. He's got no inheritance. Yeah. Well, he, the sister that's in this documentary is saying that they have a long lineage of darkness. Yeah. That their grandfather was very dark. Their father was very dark. And now Army has also taken the lead in the darkness. Um... Man, I'll tell you what. This is just a good lesson. I heard the story yesterday. Um, I've really been into this couple. They recently got engaged, this social media couple um, that I thought was so cute. Long story short, we ended up knowing a mutual person. And this mutual person was like, oh, yeah, he's not good to her at all. Uh, she actually wanted to leave him. But unfortunately... Yeah, 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 da, da. You know how it, like life happens, relationships happen, but it is a good lesson that like you do not know what goes on when the cameras are off, when the lights are turned out. Like people can be very disturbing, and so yeah, when you want to start comparing, just kind of know that like and all and also like people have kinks, people have fantasies, people do these things, and it's tricky because. I would just be nervous to ever do this with another a woman, especially as a man, to do these sorts of things that some women are very into until they're not into it. And so that's also... But that's the importance of safe words yes, and it really and like... And, mm-hmm. and, and And some people are saying that these women are trying to extort him now because they didn't get the life they expected to get from him and now they're upset about it. Uh, I feel like that's, that's used so often to discredit women. Um, doesn't mean it's not possible, but it sounds like his his kinks and his fetishes just went a bit too far. Maybe. Oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna definitely be tuning in. All right, coming up, monkeypox activism. Uh, what does that mean, and why is monkeypox getting such a bad rap, especially for our gay male community? We'll talk about it the next hour. B morning B channel Q. 
Well, this show is not a hallucination. I'll tell you that much. We're very real, and we're very much here for two more hours. So please stick around and hang out with us. We have some great content coming up for you. Not a bad show today, Michaela. How are you feeling? I feel good. I knew that I would. Okay, there it is. No, uh, keep going. <laughs> coming up this hour in about 13 <laughs> minutes, we're talking about monkeypox monkey activism. Um, and this is really interesting. It, it, everybody sort of has an opinion on this right now. And those who are speaking out the most are, are somehow becoming like advocates in the, in the face of our community uh, uh, fighting monkeypox. And, and we want to keep you safe. So... Uh, we want to have this conversation. We're actually going to be joined by uh, an expert uh, from Princeton this hour talking mm. about monkeypox. No. So stick around for that conversation. It's ever-changing. Also, a cringe-worthy moment last night uh, on Watch What Happens Live. Oh, God. Kathy Hilton has stepped in it again. It's so cringy. If you don't know the story yet, don't look it up. We've got the God. audio for you, and uh, you have to hear it to believe it. She's wild. Uh, but also, I kind of understand her, if okay. that makes sense. Hmm. But she is problematic AF. I can't um, hear that. But also, I love her. I love her too, but it's very <laughs> I awkward. I know, I know, I know. And so, also a mistake I think that people have made in 2010, but like we've yeah. had to move on from this. And, and if you make this mistake nowadays, it's just your own fault. You should probably just keep, right. your, mouth, keep your mouth shut. Just keep don't mouth say shut. anything. Keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that. So uh, big hour coming up here on the morning beat. Right now, though, it's time for news on the beat. All right. A series of moves by Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin of Virginia is bringing his policy of parental rights for the Commonwealth closer to reality. Youngkin came out on Tuesday with his most explicit endorsement of a policy trend gender rights supporters in Virginia have long feared informing parents of their kids' sexual orientation and gender identity without the student's express permission. With regards to informing parents with most important decisions about their children, Youngkin told WJLA News, I think everybody knows where I stand. Parents matter. Parents should be at the forefront of all these discussions. And I firmly believe that teachers and schools have an obligation to make sure that parents are well informed about what's happening in their kids' lives. All right, another news. Uh, Lee Finke has won Tuesday's Democratic primary election for Minnesota State House District 66A. The journalist, advocate, and filmmaker will now advance to November's general election, where she'll face off against Republican nominee Trace Johnson. A win in November would make Finke the first out transgender state legislator ever elected in Minnesota. On Tuesday morning, Finky posted a photo of herself and her team on Twitter along with a simple celebratory message. We did it. We won. That was the message. That was the message? <laughs> that was the whole message? Truly. Really. And where I come from... I don't know why that's so funny to me. I don't know if this is accurate, though, but where I come from, it's pronounced Fink. Okay, also, I was trying not to laugh because I didn't know if it was Finky or Fink. I don't know for sure, this individual, how they... You, I how like Finky better. Finky, yeah. Come on, Finky. Although, I, we think, did it, we I, won. I think I might have known a Finky as well. Mm-hmm. I think I know somebody whose last name... I can't remember now. Now I'm confused. Yeah, well, that's because I knew it best. Let me let me Finky on it for a little bit. Finky on Finky. Okay. I just love that they did this... Uh, we did it. We won. We did it. We won. We did it. We won. Like, I just, I, that's how I want to start the saying things in my life. Like, we expect more from our trans community. Yeah. Be a little bit more expressive. Okay. No, when my album comes out, just I'm going to say, when the album comes out September 9th, I'm just going to say, I did it. I won. I, I did it. It's out. <laughs> that's it. That's all I could promise. I did it. It's out. <laughs> <laughs> I 
love it. Oh, we that did it, so Joe. Sweet. We did it, Joe. Oh my God, where was I the other day? And there was somebody put a sticker. Said I we was did with it. You. Jo- you. I, I pointed it out. Yeah, we're, it was us. We were at Six Flags uh-huh. and we were standing by one of those like carnival games because there's air misters over there and it was shaded and we were trying to figure out where to go next because it was 138,000 oh degrees. So hot. We were we were in Hades all day long <laughs> with Satan himself, I think. And uh, we were he was our there. seventh. Yes, and there was a sticker that said we did it, Joe. And, and we were like, this is I, so I random. Like, I love this. I love that democracy is winning here at Six Flags. <laughs> Valencia. Yes, Magic Valencia. <laughs> Go off, Valencia. Okay, it's going to be a high of 88 in New York, 91 in LA, 98 in Vegas, 109 in Palm Springs, 89 in Miami, 84 in Atlanta, 76 in Cleveland, 109 in Cathedral City, 79 in Boston. Give us a vibe. Remember when we used to have a, a producer here that used to call Cathedral City Cat City, and whenever you would hear it, he would meow? That was a fun era on the morning beat. Here's a vibe for you. The direction of the mind is more important than its progress. I feel shady this hour. It's going to be a shady hour. I'm getting ready to drag Not Kathy Hilton you at said. the end of the... He used to call it Cat City, and then we... He'd be like, Cat City. <laughs> meow. Meow. Like, okay, got it. So if you're from Cathedral City, oh, you're welcome or we're sorry. Yeah, I don't know. we haven't decided I'm yet. I'm not going to apologize about this, though, because this is a really cool opportunity we're giving somebody uh, who listens to us here at Channel Q. By the way, I've been getting a lot of DMs lately from listeners. You said that. And it makes me so happy. I'm getting multiple per week now, which is really cool. Well, I'm um, glad that they're DMing you. I haven't gotten one. Well, I'm obviously just more famous, and I think that's probably yeah, why. Yeah, I hear that, but um, could you DM But me? <laughs> somebody who's more famous uh-huh. than all of us is Ben Platt. Yeah. And he's taking his tour nationwide, and we want you to be there in Orlando. Orlando on October 6th. Here's how. Head over to wearechannelq.com right now. Enter for your chance to win round trip airfare for two, two VIP passes to go see him in concert, as well as a two night hotel stay and $200 to spend. Too good to be true. Amen. Maybe, but we're doing it anyways. Head over to wearechannelq.com for your chance to win. Amen. All right, coming up, monkey pox. Activism. People are really upset with the bad rap monkeypox is getting, and uh, we're going to stand up for it. What? I mean, we don't want it, but no, we don't want to be discriminated yeah. for it. Also, we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. There are so many questions being asked about the way that uh, the Biden administration, the CDC, have handled the monkeypox outbreak here in the United States. As, as gay men in particular, I feel like a lot of the focus has been on us because it's been spreading in our communities at a faster rate. Uh, a lot of people asking, did we not learn our lesson in the 80s during the mm. HIV you know, mm. epidemic? Uh, Ronald Reagan took him, what, four or five years, I think, to even say the words on camera uh, publicly. And so we would think in 2022 we've learned our lesson, especially after coronavirus for the last two years, right? Hello. Lots of questions. Why did we have to get to 7,000-plus positive cases before the administration actually did something? Well, one person was asking all of those questions and more and somehow became the face of the monkeypox activism movement. Uh, his name is Jonathan Catlin. He's got a PhD. He's a PhD candidate in history and humanities at Princeton, uh, where he's writing a dissertation about the concept of catastrophe in the 20th century German thought. Uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for being here. You sound very, very smart, um, which is yes, maybe why. Does, honey. <laughs> which is why maybe people are kind of looking to you as sort of the leader of this movement. But how did this happen? Well, it's good to be with you. Um, I have to say my own involvement with this is somewhat accidental. Um, as, I, as you mentioned, I, I, I think about crisis and catastrophe and, you know, whose pain gets counted as an emergency. Um, that's what I do day to day. And monkeypox, when it emerged, you know, a few uh, weeks or months ago now, really seemed like a silent or ignored crisis to me um, and something that uh, was was really becoming a huge issue in my gay community in New York, uh, but which the rest of the country uh, really seemed to consider a non-crisis or non-emergency. And I think we can see in retrospect that that's a huge mistake, that the disease is probably going to become endemic now um, because we really missed our opportunity to take this seriously and nip the crisis in the bud when we had the chance with all these vaccines um, that weren't used uh, in, in May and June. Mm. Yeah, it's tough. You know, I will say, though, the thing I don't like is that people are using our sexuality against us in response to monkeypox and really making it sort of like a homosexual, heterosexual thing. So what yeah. advice do you have? Because it's very similar to, like we said, the AIDS pandemic. Like, it doesn't just discriminate towards gay people. Everyone needs to get the vaccine. Yeah, I have to say, um, I really learned a lot in publishing this piece, uh, you know, publicly and following the re reception of it on social media, um, just how ignorant the general population seems um, with regard to this disease. I'll just read one, uh, one comment um, on my piece. So one person says, um, most of us are straight, not worried. Another virus overrated as usual. And as we've seen, you know, this is something that can spread to children, um, it is endemic in Afri certain African countries and is transmissible. You know, it, it soon will be transmissible. Um, 
beyond uh, just the gay community. So this idea that, you know, because um, like with the AIDS crisis, it, once it's a contained, you know, it seems to be a contained uh, disease to a particular community, um, that doesn't last. And uh, we really should be taking this seriously for all populations. Well, the World Health Organization, you know, decided kind of monkeypox didn't meet the threshold of a, quote, emergency, uh, partly because it had not spread beyond the primary risk group, which is men who have sex with men. Um, mm-hmm. Where where do we stand on this now? The World Health Organization, the CDC, I know the Biden administration has declared an emergency. What's actually being done? Do you know what is being done? I find this totally puzzling. You know, why? Um, I think the World Health Organization made the right moves. Uh, doing this, uh, declaring an emergency uh, several weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, as you mentioned, they didn't declare a global health emergency because it was, even though cases were rising exponentially, I mean, this this disease really has a, a doubling rate uh, every week or two, uh, which is, you know, astonishing and uh, an indication that this is going to be a global pandemic. Um, they didn't declare a health emergency the first opportunity they had because it was contained to, it seems contained to men who have sex with men, um, which again, I would say is a a big mistake. Um, And why the Biden administration waited until uh, just about a week ago to declare an emergency when we've known about this and and the risk and the cases continue to rise, you know, at at an alarming rate in the U.S. um, I think that was all, you know, too little too late. Mm. So frustrating. It's just really frustrating. I, and, and you're writing about like you're literally writing your dissertation on catastrophes in the 20th century. And like and w- w- do you do you think we've learned any lessons? Like, where are we now, actually? Because I think a lot of people, especially Americans, have had this belief system for so long that you watch movies like The Day After Tomorrow or 2012 mm-hmm. or these these catastrophe movies, because that's what we keep thinking is going to happen. An asteroid's going to hit us or volcanoes going to blow up the planet, something. But a lot of Americans think that oh our government has a plan they've got some yeah. secret they've got some secret boat that will float through another uh, a global flood or they've got something built inside of a you know mountain somewhere that keep us all safe i believe uh, it but yeah. they can't even seem to get vaccines into the arms of people who need them so where do we actually stand in your opinion yeah uh, this is part of what led me um, during the covid pandemic to turn back to the history of uh, the AIDS crisis and ACT UP because so many of the failures of coronavirus, failures of response, um, you know, failures of uh, vac- vaccine uh, rollout, um, not treating it as a crisis, you know, during the Trump administration in certain respects. Um, so many of these uh, lessons and problems uh, were just replays of the mistakes that we made during the AIDS crisis. So in my piece, I look back at a few activists who have really since the AIDS crisis, you know, through coronavirus and now with monkeypox, remained, um, you know, leading activists and kind of used the, the lessons of especially ACT UP, the AIDS um, treatment and, um, you know, queer activist group um, to uh, speak about, you know, these mistakes that have been repeated time and time again. And I would say the main one, um, I use I use this figure, Peter Staley, who's a, you know, a kind of a legend of ACT UP and uh, of advancing AIDS treatment. He was, uh, as, a, as a gay uh, activist and someone who's very knowledgeable about healthcare, he was in talks with the Biden administration um, in, I think, as early as May and June. And he admits now 
um, that this was a, that the Biden administration's response was a huge failure. You know, they had meetings in May and June where it seemed like they had the monkeypox response under control, that they were being responsive. And in retrospect, far too little was done. Um, so the quote I used from him is, we dropped the ball. We should have stayed in screaming mode every step of the way. So I would say the lesson is that, um, you know, even if government is having uh, 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 what seems like a response, um, it's really important that activists and, you know, in this case, the queer community really stays on the government's case to make sure that we are getting more more vaccines, more treatment, more serious response. Um, activism, I think, plays a huge role in keeping government accountable and making sure that there's an adequate response. Uh, we can't trust government to do that on its own. I think your dissertation is going to be mm-hmm. a huge success. Uh, best of luck uh, with your PhD at Princeton. Thank you so much for taking the time to have a conversation with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. All right, coming up, have you ever lied to your friends about money? One guy has been lying to his friends for years, and they wonder how they can ever trust him again. Do you know someone like that? We'll talk about it next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. What do you do when you find out that somebody you've been friends with for years has been lying to you all along? This one person says, my friend has been lying about being poor for years. How could I trust them again? That little thief. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so it. this friend of theirs apparently bought a house with the help of family money after spending more than a decade claiming to be working class and poor. Okay? What do you do? What do you do when you find out your friends aren't who you think they are, though? Do you well, react? Do you, he could is, still be poor and his family helped him buy the house. Okay. He personally doesn't make any money. I know a lot of people like that. People that don't have any money and then their parents help them with stuff. I hate those people. I mean, I hate them too. I've never had it, but it doesn't mean they're lying. It means they're not making any of their own money. And then they have family help to help them progress in life. Have you ever had a friend who's presented themselves a certain way for a certain amount of time and then all of a sudden, like years in, you find out you're not who I thought you were at all? Okay, let me think on this because I don't think so. I feel, like, I feel like I've always had very transparent relationships with my friends. Well, you just found out a moment ago that somebody who you oh, care about God. deeply is not who you thought they were. Yeah, but she's not my friend. She's a celebrity. So you thought you <laughs> thought that this woman that you followed, who's a motivational speaker, Mel Robbins, sure, you thought she was Tony Robbins' wife. Okay, to be fair, but, she has two point four million followers on being a motivational speaker, and her last name is Robbins Joy. Okay. Well, let me share this whole story with you. Then we can kind of dig in. Go on. When is a lie unforgivable? I recently found out that one of my closest friends, a member of my chosen family, has been pretending to be poor all this time when secretly they're actually super rich. And honestly, as someone who has actually experienced real financial insecurity, it disgusts me. My friend and I are both non-binary in our mid-30s. We met in undergrad and we hit it off right away. And we had had the queerness sort of situation going on between us and we, we related. They introduced me to feminism, queer politics, class politics, even the concept of being non-binary. They've always pushed me to be better and to do better when it comes to living my values. It sounds like a good friend. Mm-hmm. And you know what else? They always describe themselves as working class, as hating bougie people, as someone who experiences material insecurity. They would talk about growing up, worrying about money, being impacted by services that weren't uh, sliding scale and so on. I always believed them because I had no reason not to. Well, recently they told me they bought a house. A whole freaking million dollar detached house in a major city. When I asked them how they said their parents helped out a bit with the down payment, and when I asked how much, it was in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. <clears throat> when I asked about how that was possible, they said that their parents have always had some money in the background. Basically, it turns out that they had been really well off the whole time. Uh, I couldn't even look at them. 
They said they were afraid to tell people because they didn't want to be judged by the community and their access to generational wealth has been shaky because they're queer and their parents are homophobic. Not homophobic enough to not buy a freaking house for them, apparently. I'm not mad that my friend is rich. I'm mad that they lied and pretended to be someone they're not. And for what? Some irrelevant kind of activist cred? Why would someone do something like this? I don't know if I'm overreacting. I know that this lie doesn't really affect me and my life, and maybe I should just get over it, but I also don't know if I can forgive them. Okay, I get it. I'll say this. I think a lot of people say that they grew up with hard times or were poor. I think that people think it'll make them more relatable. Maybe it's the same as when... uh, they don't want to seem out of touch. They don't want to seem out of touch. <clears throat> and I think that it's everyone loves a hero story. Mm-hmm. You grow up super poor. You make something of yourself. You did it on your own. You can do anything. I hear that. But where I would be upset is as somebody who really did grow up super poor, who literally has made whatever money I've had on my own, and then uh, truly met my partner who's financially way better off than I am. That's been like a blessing. But before then, I had no money. I mean, I did, but I made it on my own. I don't like when people try to relate to me on that. Not because they shouldn't be able to, but you don't know if you don't know. Yeah. Like, it's okay if you grew up with money. Just yeah. say that. Just say that. Listen, I grew up, there were times when I think for dinner, my mom worked as a single mother in a factory. And for dinner, uh, I can't even say what we called it because it's not appropriate to say on air. Um, but it was basically really cheap shredded roast beef that you could get in those little packets back in the day. Uh, and she would mix that with like milk and cornstarch to make it a gravy, like a milk gravy. And put it over top of white toast. And that would be dinner sometimes. And we thought that was normal. It's delicious. It tastes really good. But it's really, 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 really cheap. Right? So I know what it's like to grow up poor to some degree. And even I still had some privilege. You know, my mom married again when I was a little bit older. And my my stepdad makes great money. So we didn't have a rough life. But we didn't have an easy life either. So I understand that this person might feel a certain way, but I also think that there's like misery loves company and don't be down on your friend who's got a little bit of money and got a house. Be happy for them because sometimes you want everybody else to be like, well, we all hate rich people. We all hate money. Money's the root of all evil. And then we just never, ever obtain any. But I don't think the person's mad at their friend for having money or being rich. I think they're like... You're trying to be a part of this um, non-binary culture of having a difficult time growing up being Mm -hmm. gay. And so you said that you didn't have money, but now you do. So it's like that was a weird thing to lie about. But the parents, they did say the parents were kind of homophobic and they weren't sure if they were going to get. Right, which also plays a part. So maybe they had the money, but this person had no idea if they were going to get any of it. Yeah, this is a tough one. Yeah, just, hey, just hug it out and go out for drinks or something. True, but let him pay. Yeah, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Kathy Hilton in some hot water. Uh, should she be or are we all overreacting? Uh, you decide. We've got some audio Michaela's going to play for you in just a moment. And what's popping? Okay. Well, listen, I used to love Kathy Hilton. <laughs> I will say that as we're getting to know Kathy Hilton a little bit more, she's <laughs> becoming more and more problematic. Is it intentional? I don't think so. Is it old school poor behavior? I think more so that. Mm. But she was on Watch What Happens Live and they kind of set her up. Andy Cohen asked her to look at a face on the screen and name that celebrity. And it didn't go in her favor. Take a listen. Lady, 
Yes. I feel so, like I do, Precious. No, that's not <laughs> Uh, that is Lizzo. She is precious, though. Lizzo's precious. precious. That's like what I call her. Lizzo uh, is precious. Precious to me. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, Lizzo is precious. Gets. Okay. Will Kathy know Worse. this? Cringe worthy. First of all, that's not even <clears throat> Precious's name who stars in the thing. It's Gabori. Like, she didn't even get it right. And then she was like, I call Lizzo Precious. That's her nickname. Yeah, it's Gabori Cidabe. Uh, yeah. Uh, Gabori Cidabe, I think, however they pronounce it. But, uh, yeah. Precious? Oh, Just God. because she's a, a black woman who's a little bit thick? Well, listen, I don't know if Liz has gotten word of this yet, but when she does, honey, she's going to make a moment of it. Well, she yeah, Kathy, apparently, though, the rumor is that coming up on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Kathy wasn't on the first half of the season because she got, I think it went to her head last year. She was a friend of the Housewives. People loved her. Hunky-dory became a thing, and she held out for more money. And she sat out for the whole first half of the season. She just finally made her first appearance a week or two ago. Rumor has it they go to, I think, Lake Tahoe or something. And something really bad happens that could involve racism or homophobia. Oh, something really, really bad that she says. And she blows up and go and leaves the trip. This isn't the first time, though. When she first saw last year, uh, Garcelle Beauvais came walking up to her. And Kathy goes, oh, I thought you were, I thought you were my sister, Kyle. I'm like... She is a black woman. Kyle is very white. Like, And she's also made comments about her help before yeah. and doesn't know their name. She yeah. calls him the person or whatever. Um, and she's and she's also mistaken. She did it again this season where she she said, hey, are you so-and-so? Or it's good to, good to meet you or good to meet you and uh, or good to see you again. And it was Will Smith's ex-wife. Uh, I think her name is Cherie. Yeah. Zampino mm-hmm. or something like that. And she's a friend of the Housewives this Not year. Not good. And Kathy's like, it's so good to see you again. She's like, I don't think we've ever, ever actually met. She goes, no, we have. I'm, I think we have. She goes, no, no I'm, we actually have never met before. She goes, oh, well, you, I I think I know you. And she just walked away from her because she awkwardly saw a black woman at this party that's predominantly white, white women. I will say, though, in that, I don't want to defend Kathy, but I have met celebrities before and been like, we've met. A thousand percent, but also, if you meet Kathy Hilton, you probably remember, and I think that it was a little bit odd that she, it was a black woman, and then she didn't... No, there, no, I hear there that. There was no explanation, and I, she just awkwardly walked away. I hear that, I do, but <laughs> I've definitely met celebrities <clears throat> that... Looked familiar, but I didn't know why I knew them. You know that generation of white people, especially affluent white people, though, don't really have a lot of friends of color. And they kind of just think everyone who's not white looks the same. It was very cringy for sure. All right, coming up, how do you feel about straight washing and do you even know what it is? We're going to give you some prominent examples coming up in the next hour. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Are you familiar with the term straight washing? Uh, I think that I can make sense of it. You could probably figure it out without really knowing, right? Mm. It's it's when LGBTQ people are portrayed as or made to appear straight and or cis. Um, Essentially, it involves erasing someone's identity, their queer identity, to make them fit into the heterosexual expectations and norms. It happens a lot in Hollywood, whether it's TV or film um, and and. For instance, like if if a character is like says the word bro a lot and dresses in like really like straight like like polo shirts and cargo shorts and they bro out. Not that there aren't gay people like that, 
but it makes it a little bit more palatable for straight audiences as opposed to somebody who's yelling queen and, and, and identifies as non-binary and wears eyeliner, right? And this has been a problem. Um, and it's also why people get so upset when they cast straight actors in queer roles uh, to play gay characters too, because then once again, we're not being represented truly. I will say this, that um, I've been, we just finally started watching the new Queer as Folk. And Queer as Folk for me was like what the L word was for you. And it was how I sort of like tiptoed into like this environment when I was young, when I was a teenager. I was 19, 20 years old when it came out. I remember being in love with Brian. I thought he was the hottest character in the world. And my husband and I, he's never seen any of them. We started watching the new Queer as Folk adaptation with Johnny Sibley and, and some other really great actors. The cast is phenomenal. Uh, and they do not straight wash at all. Like, almost to the point where it's so representative of some parts of our community that it's almost uncomfortable for me. Because I'm like, oh, <clears throat> that's what I that's what I was like in my 20s. Hooking up and clubbing and doing all those things constantly. Um, so some shows are really good at it. But it, but it shouldn't take a show being called Queer as Folk for them to like show queer representation. A thousand percent. Like it, we should also be able to be represented in in other storylines. Grey's Anatomy is great at it. They have some queer characters. They have a trans character, a non-binary character. They're fantastic at it. But a lot of shows really fall short in this category. Well, I think that's why, too, you went to see a really important screening a couple weeks ago. Oh, yes. Where it was like five black gay queer men. Yep. Am I right? Remember, yep. And it was really just make, it's as if, to me it sounded like, it's as if they made a reboot of Friends with five black with queer five guys. black queer men. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I want to see for our community. That's what feels like bringing in a very authentic insight into who we are as a community. Absolutely. And also though, that pilot was partially funded by Glad. So that's part of the work that these organizations that we all support do. They're saying, "Listen, it matters that we exist and we have to showcase it equally and not just be the the gay bestie, the gay white guy best friend who's like sassy and wants to go shopping all the time, or the gay black guy who's on the down low and has a, has a chip on his shoulder, right? That's usually the narrative that's told about. Right. Or, or the other representation of gay black men tends to be they're super, 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 super feminine. And they do drag or they cross-dress or they do something like – it's always one of those representations, right. one of those archetypes. Think of like – I know this won't make sense to you necessarily, but Vanessa, this will make sense to you. Uh, Dumbledore and Harry Potter, right? And the fan, because Dumbledore was a queer character, but they never really fully addressed it the entire series. They kind of alluded to it in the most recent film, the Fantastic Beast film. Um, but Dumbledore is a gay character the entire time, but you wouldn't know it, right? They just kind of like let it be. Or this one is another Valkyrie, um, in who's played by Tessa Thompson. In Thor Ragnarok, you know Tessa Thompson. She's she's fantastic, but also bisexual in the film, but only because they tell you she's bisexual. Like they don't really give her a storyline about a bisexual relationship or anything like that. That's straight washing. Saying okay, here's a queer character for you, and there's no representation of their true life, their true personality, their family, none of it, and that's annoying. It's frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I just feel like I'm ready for it. The one show that does do the best, though, I will say, is The L Word. 
Yeah. The new, yeah. the new L the word. The female version of queer as folk. Yeah. Totally. They mm-hmm. get it right. But everything else, uh, just stop making it weird. Well, queer as folk actually has, uh, uh, I, I guess, one of the characters identifies as non-binary or trans, I believe, and presents as a woman who's uh, now in a relationship with another woman and they just have two kids that they had, uh, that the one woman had. And there's a scene literally in one of the first episodes where this trans or non-binary female presenting character, they're having a sex scene and they show full frontal nudity and she has a penis. And that's like a bit shocking and something that you might not have seen on TV or definitely would have seen five or ten years ago. But that's another example of a relationship. And yeah. another human who is in love with another human. And that's all it really boils down to. Um, it's a bold way to sort of make that statement. But some shows are doing it very, very well. And I think L Word and Queer as Folk are two of them, obviously. Um, but we need more, for yeah, sure. Yeah, a thousand percent. Absolutely. All right, coming up, we're having another very important conversation, dueling. Uh, ever wonder why your mood can change just by being around another person? We know that feelings can be contagious, but what if someone's in a bad mood? We're going to talk to a spiritual life coach about it next. I'll tell you something good. A Break My Soul Queen's remix with Beyonce and Madonna. I love, love, love that this finally happened. Beyonce, I feel like, doesn't collab with a lot of people. Mm -mm. She collabed with Gaga back in the day. and They had a couple of iconic hits. But Madonna? It's a big one. Such a big one. I feel like we've talked about it quite a bit. Like Britney, Christina, Jessica all joining and teaming up with Madonna uh, the way they did a couple years ago. But to have Beyonce and Madonna team up, I it's feel the like, way to go. Yeah, I feel like this is on par with Elton John and Britney Spears' upcoming collaboration. Totally. I feel like it's, it's one of those high, high caliber moments. Uh, love, love, love the song. And love to hear the collab. Yep. Uh, let's do some uh, Tell Me Something Good. This is really cool. A New Jersey mom couldn't be more proud of her daughter who graduated with her Doctor of Psychology degree nearly two weeks ago. So to celebrate her accomplishments, Kendra Busby of Camden, New Jersey, decided to rent a digital billboard to publicly recognize and honor her daughter, Dr. Christine Smalls, who received her uh, her PhD from Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine at the end of July, July 29th to be exact. And here's what the mom had to say. I am the proudest mom knowing that I have the most awesome daughter. I can't even explain the feeling that I have right now. She has done everything that a mother could wish their child could do. I wish nothing but the best for her. A whole billboard. Amazing. That's so sweet. I should have gotten a billboard for the uh, six and a half years I was in college. Took me a while to get through, but uh, I did it. So cute. All right, this story's got my pageant girls in a bit of a flutter. The Miss Universe pageant is updating its 70-year-old eligibility rule. Effective for the 72nd pageant, which will take place in 2023, married women and mothers will be allowed to compete in the pageant. Preliminary pageants for this year's event, which happens in December, have already taken place. Now, currently, the rule states that only single women aged 18 to 28 who have never been married or had children are allowed to apply. The age bracket will remain the same, but they believe that women should have agency over their lives and that a human's personal decisions should not be a barrier to their success. I love it. I think it's amazing. I think that women are often coerced into getting married super, super early, even having children. But maybe this is something that they want to pursue. There's a lot of benefits that come with competing in these things like cash prizes, opportunities to go back to school. Um, And I think it's amazing. I know that a lot of 
women who have already competed were pretty upset about it. But I, I think it's great, and I think it just shows that the world is changing and um, that every woman should be able to have the opportunity. Making you a mother or a wife doesn't make you any less of a woman, and you should be able to compete. Well, maybe they could change the age requirement next, up that age a little bit, because 28 today is very different than 28, 70 years ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, women are in their 30s and 40s and fierce and beautiful and gorgeous and looking very different than they used to look a at that age. So thousand, a thousand something percent. To, something to consider. Definitely. All right, well, thank you, as always for tuning in this morning for Therapy Thursdays. It's Friday tomorrow, headed into the weekend. Uh, for now, listen to three hours of curated music just for you and then stick around for Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan and your day with Loveline with Dr. Chris and we'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.